This is Radio Taiwan International. Welcome to the news on Radio Taiwan International. I'm John Van Trieste, coming to you from Taipei, Taiwan. We begin with a look at today's top stories. The foreign ministry condemns a Chinese move to force a computer conference to label Taiwan as a region and not a country. The legislature passes a basic law concerning maritime affairs. And a retired associate professor from Taiwan has reportedly been sentenced to three to four years of detention in China. But first, today's top story. The foreign ministry has condemned a Chinese move to force a computer conference to label Taiwan as a region and not a country. The ministry says Chinese pressure on the International Conference of Computer Vision 2019 in Seoul constitutes political meddling in international technology exchanges. The ministry also calls the move a suppression of academic freedom. It says that Beijing's pressure cannot change the fact that Taiwan is not a region of China. It also says that the use of pressure will only serve to worsen Taiwanese people's views of China. The ministry says it has already informed the organizer of the situation and asked it not to give in to China's pressure. The legislature passed a law on Friday designed to conserve the seas, build awareness of marine issues, and develop Taiwan's maritime industries. The act requires the government to develop policies for dealing with marine pollution. It requires the government to work towards reducing pollution at its sources and building up its capacity to prevent pollution and restore polluted waters. The act also designates June 8th as a National Marine Day, requires the government to set aside a budget for maritime affairs, and mandates the inclusion of ocean-related topics in school curricula. The legislature has also passed a resolution on a planned ocean conservation law that is to be drawn up by Taiwan's Ocean Affairs Council. The resolution calls on the council to respect the rights of Taiwan's coastal indigenous peoples when drawing up the law's provisions. Tony Shi, a retired associate professor at National Taiwan Normal University, has reportedly been sentenced to three to four years of detention in China. Shi traveled to China in August of last year before going missing. It is now being reported that he was detained in Beijing for alleged national security reasons. Close friends and family of Shi say that they were informed of his sentencing in April. However, they say they have kept quiet because they do not want to worry Shi's mother, who was in poor health. Taiwan's Mainland Affairs Council says that the Criminal Investigation Bureau has reached out to its counterpart in China. The government is now urging Chinese authorities to allow Shi's family to visit him on ethical grounds. President Tsai Ing-wen is keeping tight-lipped about who might be her pick for a running mate in next year's election. But she has told reporters that the government will continue its work to lighten the financial burdens of young people in Taiwan. Reporters asked Tsai Friday to comment on speculation that she could be announcing her running mate this weekend. On Saturday, Tsai is slated to attend an event with William Lai, her former rival for her Democratic Progressive Party's 2020 nomination. It will be the first time that the two will stand on the same stage since the party's primary, in which Tsai won her party's endorsement. Many in the party hope to see the two former rivals come together and campaign on a joint ticket. Tsai said that she will be attending the event, but did not comment on rumors that she might use the occasion to announce Lai as her running mate. Instead, she said that her party hopes to concentrate its energy and win not only the presidency, but also a majority in the legislature. 
Tsai was more forthcoming about her administration's efforts to help Taiwan's young people financially. She was asked about KMT presidential candidate Han Guoyu's idea of lowering or eliminating interest rates on student loans. Tsai said that when Taiwan's economy grows and tax revenue grows with it, the government will make sure that all people benefit. She said the government has recently made adjustments to a number of social programs, including long-term care programs and child care programs. Tsai said that efforts to raise young people's salaries and cut their taxes have not only lifted their financial burdens, but also increased their levels of disposable income. She said that the government reduced interest rates on student loans last year and lengthened grace periods for those who've taken student loans out. She said that in the future, the government will look at whether further measures to help young people are financially feasible. Taiwan's Mainland Affairs Council has rejected China's one-country-two-systems formula. The 19th Chinese Communist Party Central Committee published a communique yesterday after it adjourned its fourth plenary session in which the one-country-two-systems model was put forth as a means for, quote, peaceful reunification between Taiwan and China. Shortly after the publication, Taiwan's Mainland Affairs Council said that it rejects one-country-two-systems and that Taiwan will only recognize the Republic of China and the values of freedom and democracy. The Republic of China is Taiwan's official name. The council says that the one-country-two-systems model has failed in Hong Kong. The special administrative region, which operates under that model, has seen widespread protests and a pro-democracy movement over the past five months. The Air Force has decommissioned the last of its UH-1H helicopters. After decades of service, their functions are being taken over by another model. Earlier this week, the Air Force bid farewell to its UH-1H helicopters, a model that has been in use in Taiwan for 50 years. For the decommissioning ceremony, one of the final UH-1H helicopters in service unloaded six Special Forces members as it touched down. Trailing the old helicopter was one of its new replacements, a UH-60M Black Hawk. In the next stage of the ceremony, the pilots of the two helicopters disembarked and walked towards one another. The pilot of the older UH-1H helicopter handed over a large D-ring used during rescues to the pilot of the newer Black Hawk, symbolically entrusting the new helicopters with their mission. Taiwan purchased its first UH-1 helicopter in 1969. Over the years, the Air Force procured a total of 118 of these helicopters and worked with the U.S. to upgrade them to UH-1H helicopters. At the end of the ceremony, the last of these helicopters were showered in water as a final salute, relieving them of their duty after five decades. Leslie Liao, RTI News. The Cantonese lion dance from southern China is widely known around the world. But it's not the only style of lion dance there is in East Asia. Taiwan's Hakka people, too, have a distinct type of lion dance. It's a style that's unfortunately at risk of disappearing, but not everyone has lost hope in the struggle to keep it alive. Liu Wenzhen is a dancer in his 70s, but he still has the sprightly step of a much younger man. He is a master of Hakka lion dance, a cousin of the far more famous Cantonese lion dance seen at Chinese New Year celebrations around the world. There are similarities between the two styles, but don't confuse them. Taiwan's Hakka lion dance uses round-headed lions with rectangular jaws. There are overall fewer dramatic leaps in the Hakka style, but keeping the 30-kilogram Hakka-style lions under control requires a much higher level of skill. The relative difficulty of the Hakka style may be one reason why it is in decline. Liu says it is hard to find performances in the Taoyuan area where he lives. But no matter... 
Leo is determined to keep performing himself. He's been at his art for 50 years now. After accepting an offer to learn as a teenager, he spent years training in the martial arts that formed the physical basis of the steps. He also mastered the skills of making lions from paper, gauze, and glue. His performances in places like Russia, Thailand, and Singapore have won him many awards. But if he can find young people to take over his fading art, it will be the real achievement of his lifetime. John Van Trieste, RTI News. An accident five years ago has completely changed one Taiwanese couple's lives, but in a positive way. It made the two see life's unpredictable nature and convinced them to do something meaningful with their time. Jing Baoyi and her husband go to elementary schools and social welfare institutes around Taiwan, teaching people how to make steamed buns. This rather unusual mission started five years ago, when Jin was learning how to make steamed buns herself and suffered a serious accident. She got her finger caught in a machine. The accident made her think about the passing, unpredictable nature of life, and it also made her decide to do something meaningful to give back to society. They travel everywhere, even to distant offshore islands, teaching children and helping disadvantaged people wherever they go. In order to save money, the couple sleep in their truck. They are not in the line of work for a profit. They just want people to know that being happy is as easy as making steamed buns. Shirley Lin, RTI News. Thanks for joining me for the news. I'm John Van Trieste. Stay tuned for another 50 minutes of English language features, brought to you by Radio Taiwan International.